Contract, a commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me is my co-host Alex Lap. Alex, what's up, man? Well, not too much, Mike. Uh, but today, you're a wizard. You're a yeah. wizard, Mike, and you're going to wizarding school. I didn't get my official letter, but like, oh well, it's I'm it's in sure the mail. I can create you know, one. It's yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Cool. Because it's not coming. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Peek behind the curtain, everybody. Uh, we are recording this. On the Friday that we are yeah. posting it, because holy cow, there's spoilers, and we want to get them all are still in going. there. As we speak, Loading Ready Run is still doing their stream. They've been going for about five oh, hours. So good. And uh, no, I love those people, but uh, they are yep. taking so long that you know what? We're just going to go ahead and not talk about the Commander 21 side of things this episode. We'll do that in a future yes. episode. And right now, yes. we're only going to talk about the standard legal Strixhaven cards. Yeah. And the ones, uh, when, again, when we do our uh, set releases, we're not talking about the, oh, these are the ones that are going to be the most powerful, oh, yeah. or look at all these cards that are going to be standard for this type of deck and this type no, of no, deck. No, 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 no. We're talking about our stuff, uh, which revolves around what, Alex? Let's refresh our, well, our list. Well, I'd say that it has to do with symmetric effects, group mm-hmm. hug, group slug, chaos, and stacks, mm-hmm. things that yeah. influence the table, allow for political play, and... Just let everyone have a fun time. And with that, let's get right into it. And I don't know, Alex, do we just start with the actual cycle this We've got to start with the cycle, Mike, because I am so excited. There is a political or group hug cycle, and that means five cards, not just three cards. And I think it's weird to say this, but the white one might be my favorite. Oh, I don't know about all that, but we'll we'll get to it. I'm I'm just saying, as far as like again tempering the you know, usually we're very under you know we're we're underwhelmed by what white gets in a set. White's got some cool stuff in this set. White has got it's some got cool some stuff in this set. I don't know if white's part in this cycle is the best, but we'll definitely talk about it. In mm-hmm. fact, why don't we go ahead and start with white in this cycle? This sure is thing. the mastery cycle. So let's start off, Mike, with devastating mastery. Two mm-hmm. quadruple whites. That's, That's a lot. A two white, 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 white. Six mana. Sorcery. You may pay two white, white rather than pay the spell's mana cost. That's a two mana mm-hmm. discount. If the two white, white cost was paid, an opponent chooses up to two non-land permanents they control and returns them to their owner's hand. Destroy all non-land permanents. So destroy all non-land permanents. That's a board wipe. Mm-hmm. That's a formal wrath. That's the kind of wrath that typically we're not seeing yeah. four mana for. Although I will say, this card specifically reminds me of Hour of Revelation, yep. which is a sorcery from Hour of Devastation that costs three triple white, six mana. This spell costs three less to cast if there are ten or more non-land permanents on the battlefield. Destroy all non-land permanents. So... This can be discounted to three mana, white, 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 if there are 10 or more non-line permanents on the battlefield. And Mike, that's pretty common. Yeah. Compare that to Devastating Mastery, where you do get it, 
And you do get to, you know, have a an opponent bounce a couple of things to their hand, mm-hmm. and you're paying more for that privilege. So I'm comparing this directly one-to-one with our revelation, and I'm not as impressed as you are. Can you explain why? Perfect. Because I think this is going to be a theme. Okay. We are a political podcast when we're talking about EDH. And you know what I like doing in politics? I like making friends. Right. And sometimes the best way to make a friend is to pay one more mana and to help somebody else out and basically decide that you're playing two-headed giant for a while. Especially if it's a, hey, I'm going to help you because we agree that we have to take this other person down, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So in doing this, me and you are on the same team, right? Awesome. That kind of stuff. And at the same time, because a card isn't the best version, but it's still something that gives me options, I'm down for it. And the idea of worst case scenario, okay, great. You can have two tokens go back to your hand because (laughs) that's what you're doing. You know, I understand that it's something where the opponent gets to control. Yeah, the opponent will choose what they bounce. But... Worst case scenario, if you let somebody else who isn't the threat and doesn't want to make a deal with you, Mm -hmm. if you let somebody in that situation take their two best things and put them back in their hand and then destroy all non-land permanents, I'm down for that. Because when I think of a four-mana board wipe, I'm thinking creatures more times than not. And this is non-land permanents. Big thing. This is the second cheapest destroy all non-land permanent board wipe, Mm -hmm. the... The usual rate is a little bit more expensive. Uh, usually we're paying six. That'd be right. Planar Cleansing is the OG. And then we got Onto uh, Inversion, which is on a land. That one cost eight. Mm-hmm. Six double white. So, no, it's not bad. I tend to be very picky about Wraths in particular in white sure. because white is the color of Wrath. And... In my opinion, we've seen some interesting rats lately, uh, one in, in Simic that we're not really going to talk about that, that kind of ticked me off in particular, oh, yeah. that, uh, that get a lot of value. And, and to me, I want to see building on that value, like Doom Scars, a new kind of value mm. board wipe and white. This, to me, is not. Um, I do love the idea, getting a discount um, and helping out an opponent or a friend. I like that but I don't personally see myself running it in any deck. See, I I think our disagreement here is functionally, I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. As far as just baseline value of what you can get versus what is out there and isn't like, you know, exorbitantly more expensive, literally, figuratively, or by mana value. You're right. But this is a more fun card to me. And at a certain point, I'm just kind of in the, you know what, there are better things that I can run But I think this card, when I have it in my hand and I'm playing it, I have more fun at the table to be able to say, okay, so I'm going to pay four for this. Who wants to make a deal? And that's that's kind of the thing that I try and get out of a match. The nice thing about this in particular is that the alternate cost is always available to you because you don't target your opponent and you don't target their permanents and neither do they target their permanents. So even if uh, no other player has any permanents on board, which why are you casting this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but even if the player you choose has no permanence on board, you can still choose them and they'll just bounce nothing. Right. So you don't get locked out, which is nice. It is. It is. Yeah. I like that. Let's go ahead and move on to our next one. Um, okay. Let's just go down the uh, the color wheel and go down to blue for Ingenious Mastery. All right. Uh, now this is X, 
two generic and a blue for a sorcery. Stroke you may of genius. Pay, exactly. You may pay two and a blue rather than pay this spell's mana cost. If the two and a blue cost was paid, you draw three cards, then an opponent creates two treasure tokens, and they scry two. If that cost wasn't paid, you draw X cards. Alex, what do you? how do you feel about this card? Oh, Mike. I just don't know about this one because... Yeah. It's a sorcery. Mm-hmm. First of all, we gotta we gotta keep that in mind. As a sorcery, we're looking at this modal form, and, and the spell being modal typically means that either mode that you choose in and of itself is not quite the value that you want for the mana that you're paying. Mm-hmm. But in particular, this is definitely not the amount of mana that I expect to be paying for this kind of effect, specifically in blue. And the spell that I'll point to, I just mentioned offhand, Stroke of Genius. Well, nobody plays that anymore, Mike, because Blue Sun Zenith exists, which is an instant for triple blue and X. Target player draws X cards, and then you tuck Blue Sun Zenith, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. However, as I said, that spell does not have the option to draw three for three. Um, If you spend three, then you're drawing zero with Blue Sun Zenith. Um, so it is nice because you do sometimes run into that problem. You have two kinds of draw spells. You have the low CMC draw spells for early and middle of the game where you just want to get more things into your hand, refill your hand so you can continue playing. And then you have cards like this and Blue Sun Zenith where you're putting in a ton of mana. Maybe you're just tapping out. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're sacking half your board to an Ashnod's altar. You want to pump just a ton of mana into it and draw a ton of cards and find the answer that'll win you the game. Or maybe you have some effect that when you draw a card, you get value. So to me, those are two very different kinds of draw effects. And this is different. This is both of them or either. But the downside of that specifically is if you want the big value, you're going to spend X2 blue for a sorcery, which you don't want to spend, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the other side is that if you get the discount, uh, two and a blue isn't... You're drawing three cards, so you're net two. And then an opponent creates two treasure tokens. That's very nice. And they scry two. So I like that, unlike another card that we're going to talk about later, that you're actually not going down on value compared to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, you at least you at least managed to keep the leg up. So this is interesting to me, Mike. It's a little bit of a hybrid card. This is kind of what you want a modal spell to be. It functions in different areas of the game when sure. you want a few cards and when you want a ton of cards. What do you think? I just, I don't think I would ever be in a position where I would want to cast the spell standard for the X2 and a blue at a sorcerer's mm-hmm. speed. Mm-hmm. You know, like the only, the, the only time I can think where, man, it would be really cool, it would be really cool to draw 10 cards right now or something exorbitant on my turn at sorcery speed. Yeah, sorcery speed's the, ugh. I'm, I'm in a pretty good position at that point. If that's what I can do with my turn, yeah, I'm not super worried, and that that feels either a little bit that feels a little win more to me. But when this, you're talking, when you're, you're talking saying about win the, more, I'm saying lose less. Yeah, that's fair. The second mode is interesting. I do kind of like the second mode just because we've talked a couple of times about the ah, I need to dig for an answer. Okay, well, here's a way for us both to dig a little bit. And if you need it, the oh man, if I had one more mana thing. Well, okay, right. here's a way to do that, and that's interesting. But it. I don't know. I'm not going to complain. I don't about like sorcery speed draw spells. Like if I if I'm casting a sorcery speed draw spell in blue, uh, I'm going to want a lot more value than this. That's just yep. me. Sorcery okay. is 
The way the blue works specifically, where you can easily hold up mana after your turn's done and spend it on draw spell, spend it on a counter spell, maybe use psych rift. Blue has a lot of ways to spend extra mana, but for this spell, you have to commit that mana during your turn, which is black for me. Well, you know what? I think the issue that you said is the amount of mana that you have to sink into it at sorcery speed just isn't worth it. So let's talk about something that you don't have to sink a lot of mana into at instant speed. Oh, okay. Talk to me about Baleful Mastery here. Baleful Mastery. Interesting. So this is the black card in the cycle. Baleful Mastery is three and a black for an instant. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has you may pay one and a black rather than pay the spell's mana cost. If you pay one and a black, an opponent draws a card. And the effect says exile target creature or planeswalker. This I like. Yeah. And Mike, I'm going to be real honest with you. It's because it's an instant. Yeah. This is instant speed removal, exile target creature. Now, exile target creature in white is one mana. And we all know Mark Rosewater doesn't like that. But Exile Creature or Planeswalker in black for two mana, and you give an opponent a card, this, for me, is highly playable, Mike. Sure. No, this this is a... This might be the best one in the cycle. (laughs) Best as in, like, actual functionality? Most playable, yeah. Yeah, I don't don't, don't think you're wrong there. Yeah. Because... Instant speed matters a lot. It really does. And Exile matters a lot. Because, okay, I don't care about your Indestructible anymore. And... Even yeah. just if a Planeswalker is about to pop off, okay, that's not mm-hmm. terrible, you know? I think I think if this card said exile target creature or Planeswalker and opponent controls, that opponent draws a card, then we wouldn't be very excited about this. We'd still like it. But the idea that you can pick an opponent. That's a good point, Mike. I didn't even really make that connection. So you can exile any creature on the field, your creature, another creature, Yep, um, and then have any opponent, not necessarily the one who you just uh, had their creature exiled, a different opponent can draw the card. That's what I love about uh, that cycle of cards, mm-hmm. like Sylvan Offering, where you can say yeah. this this player gets an XX and this player gets X one ones, and I get but both. You get both. Yeah, right. so you get to spread that value out and you get all the value. That's what I like to see, Mike. So, Mike, tell me about the next one in this cycle, Fervent Mastery. Yeah. So we got a three generic red, red sorcery that says you may pay two generic red, red rather than pay the spell's mana cost. So it's a one mana cost reduction. Um, If the two red, red cost was paid, an opponent discards any number of cards, then draws that many cards. Okay. Uh, Search your library for up to three cards, put them into your hand, shuffle, then discard three cards at random. So regardless, you're going to search for three cards, shuffle, discard three cards but if you pay the one mana reduction then you're going to let somebody do a selective amount of wheel this is the shallowest reduction out of yeah. any of them yeah now there are certainly red decks especially red artifact decks that throwing something into the graveyard is entombing they, they mm-hmm. don't care they'll get it right yeah. back out but if your deck doesn't reanimate regularly and easily then I think this is a real bust. I would not run this in any deck that is not heavy on reanimation because you can so easily discard the cards you went for. I'm I'm so glad that we disagree on this card. I'm so glad. Because here's here's my thought process. How much is gamble? Like how much how much how much one right mana. now is, is it, no, I understand it's one mana. But I'm I'm saying like financial wise, money wise, how much is the gamble card? It's very cheap. Let me find it. 
Oh my god, it exploded. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Gamble's twenty one dollars. Right. And I remember Gamble a... being like a couple of bucks. Right. Yeah. And, but I. But Gamble's one mana, Mike. It is one mana. You're right. But it's for one card, and then you're shuffling it, and you might be discarding it. If you've, yeah. if you're playing a combo deck or something with fervent mastery, then I don't recommend it. But if you're just trying to get some real haymakers, just okay. I've got these three things that I can pick. If I get to keep one of them, I'm in great shape. If I get to keep two, awesome. Because again, it's tutoring for three, putting them into your hand, then discarding three cards at random. If you've got four cards in hand, you got a decent chance of keeping it. Again, it's a sorcery. You spent four mana on this. How much are you going to spend to get that stuff out of the yard? Or if you're not getting it out of the yard, how much are you spending to cast your haymakers, which are presumably high CMC or mana value now, spells that are quite expensive. I totally understand. Sometimes it's if I'm trying to get three spell or if I'm trying to get three cards and I'm playing red, one of those might be a chaos warp, one of them might be a soul ring, one of them you, you know what I mean? Like there's a bunch of stuff so, that I get and just like hey, okay. just put me in a good position or getting a win con. And at the same time, if I'm allowing somebody else to wheel, I'm okay with that. Because again, it's target opponent, not everybody. No, it's or, not. It's not even opponent. target. It's, it's an, opponent. an opponent, right? So, so it's it, it, hey. Don't get me wrong. I do. I love the part where you mm-hmm. donate a wheel. It's great. Mm-hmm. I don't love the part where I'm discarding three cards at random and spending four mana on sorcery speed to do it. Sure. I don't like that at all. Okay. I mean, I I understand where you're coming from. I I think, I I think. I'm thinking it more best case scenario. You're thinking it more worst case scenario. And it's I do tend to think worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally understandable. So how about we go to our last one here? All right. Verdant Mastery is, whoo, it's, it's a lot of the things I like. It's yeah. ramp. It's green. It is five generic and a green for a sorcery that says you may pay three and a green rather than pay this spell's mana cost. Search your library for up to four basic land cards and reveal them. Put one of them onto the battlefield tapped under an opponent's control if three generic and a green cost was paid. Put two of them onto the battlefield tapped under your control and the rest into your hand, then shuffle. What are your thoughts here, Alex? Gosh, Mike, I just... eh, I don't like this at all. We just had an excellent political group hug uh, style ramp card in Mm -hmm. a recent set of Rootweaver Druid. Yeah. That new uh, Druid. What a great just political ramp effect. I love that card so much. I wish I had that kind of enthusiasm about this because I don't. So number one, it's a sorcery. Okay. So the card that we're comparing this to at three and a green sorcery speed ramp two lands is explosive vegetation. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a little bit better than explosive vegetation because you also uh, tutor one land to hand and you also donate a land. But I don't think that makes explosive vegetation worth running to me. Explosive vegetation is a ramp spell that has completely fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's really playing it anymore. It's just like you're in green and you're ramping three in a green. You're spending three in a green for a ramp spell. And you're getting two basics onto the battlefield tapped and one to your hand and then donating one. I just don't see the value, Mike. This is just not for me at all. I like Root Weaver Druid more, I love it. but I but I think this is a better card. Really? Yes, because here's the difference. Root Weaver Druid is two generic and a green, and I know I'd rather pay three to ramp than two or than four. But everyone can say no to Root Weaver Druid. 
Yeah, but they won't. Mm, it depends on the position that you're in. And if I'm helping somebody, if, if worst case scenario, I pay four mana and I give somebody who isn't in my colors, or if I give them a land that taps for a colorless to them, Mm-hmm. And I get to put two lands on the battlefield. And now this is basic, hand. so you'd have to find a waste to give them a land that gets colorless. Well, I'm saying if 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 I give somebody a forest and they're playing ores off, great, they can tap All it. Right. But how much use is it to them? You know, unless they're doing other crazy stuff. Well, if they're an ores they probably have a bargain. Well, that's fair. Fair enough. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, this is one where I am absolutely getting three lands, and one of them is going to go into my hand. Two of them are going to go on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that, especially if it's a position where I'm, if if I'm in a bad position and I need to ramp, and here's a way for me to ramp somebody else and make a friend. Great. If it's just something where I'm, you know, taking advantage of the situation, I love ramp whenever I can get it. I am kind of in the, as long as you're getting at least half of what you're paying, <laughs> I'm I'm totally fine with that. And this is a position where worst case scenario, I'm getting half of what I'm paying, and I'm getting a land in my hand to replace the card. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from, Mike. I'm just not at all on board for this. This cycle was a delight to see. Absolutely. I'm very happy that they brought in a political cycle. Now, four out of five of them are a complete miss for me, but that's okay. (laughs) I like the black one. And uh, Mike likes uh, most of the rest of them, so... uh, I don't like the blue one a lot. The red one is interesting. See, that's funny. I think the blue one's the second best one. It... I, and here's the thing. You might be right. Like, if again, like we were talking about before, an actual value and what it does, the blue one is good. Mm-hmm. But as far as how much I'm interested in it, eh, not a ton. That's fair. Let's talk about a card that received some attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be a white card, right? Secret Rendezvous. One yeah. more white for a sorcery. You and target opponent each draw three cards. It's got a cute scene with uh, two schoolgirls. Rival colleges. Spending some time together. Secret rendezvous. So you and target opponent each draw three cards. Mike, I don't like this at all. I know. So, Mike, this card really reminds me of another card that got printed recently in Kaldheim. Mm -hmm. We talked about it in our set review, and I was disappointed of that then. Uh, Divine Gambit for White White. It's a sorcery. Um, exile, target, artifact, creature, or enchantment and opponent controls. That player may put a permanent card from their hand onto the battlefield. We're not talking about that today. I hate that card. Um, not enough value. And this card similarly disappoints me. Not enough value. And I'm going to tell you why, Mike. When I'm thinking of a draw spell, you know me, I'm specifically thinking of how many cards am I netting? Mm-hmm. That's why I love these super low mana draw spells one mana and two mana that are drawing me two or even three cards. And it doesn't matter what else I have to give up. If I have to sacrifice multiple things, if I have to exile a bunch of stuff out of my graveyard, like treasure crews, it doesn't matter. I'm getting a high net number of cards for a low amount of mana. And this spell doesn't do either one. So it's three mana, sorcery speed. I'm netting two cards and my Mm -hmm. opponent nets three cards. And also I'm down three mana. To me, that's not the kind of group hug politics sharing value that I want to be playing. Now, if this were an instant in a pinch, I can see myself using it as a sorcery. Absolutely no way. What are you thinking, Mike? I think this set is going to test our our philosophy. It's going to test our friendship. It's not our friendship because <laughs> we're going to be friends regardless. Friends um, forever. 
you and and here's the thing if i if i go with the stuff that's coming from this set i think that you'll have more powerful decks than i will but i'll probably have more fun playing this stuff because i love this card well rest like, assured mike when we go into our c21 yeah uh, pre-cons review i'm gonna give you a little spoiler i loved one of those decks in particular i think yeah. you can guess which one we'll yeah, talk about we'll, that more later yeah, we've hinted at it on, on, on Twitter a little mm-hmm. bit there. No, that'll be real fun. So here's here's my question. What are the white card draw spells that you can get even two cards for three mana? Well, Mike, I'm so glad you asked because I'm going to tell you right now. Land tax yeah. is a one mana enchantments. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent controls more lands than you, you may search mm-hmm. your library for three basic lands and put them into your hand. Okay. Now, nice. that's the one that I'm comparing it directly to, but we do have... Other white draw effects, of course. Mm-hmm. You've got SRAM for one and a white. Whenever you cast okay. an aura, equipment, or uh, vehicle, draw a card. Mm-hmm. And frankly, Mike, I know that white's pretty starved for draw. There's no question about that. So here's here's how I read this card. This is white, non-conditional, three mana draw three. Worst case scenario. Best case scenario, this is white, three mana, you draw three, and your future ally draws three. Because again, you're not speed, using though, this, Mike. but you're not using this against somebody who's going to hurt you with I'm it not until you're saying that. I'm saying that like, okay, if it were an instant, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm okay with going down a card and going down three mana to cut mm-hmm. this deal to spend three mana on an instant to give someone card draw when they need it. Because that would, and this is theoretical because this is not an instant, that would open up some new varieties, some new avenues of play. You could cast this on an opponent's turn. They're like, man, I just need to dig for my spell. You can help them dig. Mm -hmm. You want to save up some mana for maybe some removal spells or an instant speed board wipe, something that white likes to do in instant speed and, sure. and use it in that way. But it's sorcery speed, Mike. I'm just so disappointed. I Again, I get it, but I just, I think this is a fun card. Like it, it's, it's one of those things where I play more Boros than I probably should for somebody <laughs> who likes ramp yeah. and for somebody who likes to draw a bunch of cards and who likes to play group hug. This is a card that says draw cards at three mana. Mm-hmm. Also pick somebody else to draw cards with you. It's a sorcery. You're right. If it was an instant, I would be in love this with this card. Instead, I just really, really like it. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree, Mike. That's okay. We need All some right. discourse in our lives. So let's talk about another thing that's uh, really ticked me off this set. How about this one? You know what I'm talking about. Resculpt. Yeah. Resculpt, one in a blue instant. You hear that, Mike? Instant. Mm-hmm. Exile, target, artifact, or creature. Its controller creates a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. Mike, when are they going to stop printing spot removal, spot exile into mono blue? You tell me. I think I'm at a point now where I'm just done. I'm just... Just done with what? Blue has everything. It's got the spot removal. It's got bounce. It's got the best wrath in the game. It's got counter magic. It's Mm -hmm. got auras that can lock things down like Imprisoned in the Moon. Mike, Blue has every single kind of removal. Yep. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just at the... You know what? I'm, I'm going to complain. Like, I'm going to say, hey, they made made Resculpt. It's a common. This is going straight into Pauper. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm at the point now where I just expect it to happen each time and to be annoyed. And 
be done with it. I'm I, I disappointed. Just, I'm over it. I'm over it at this point. You're over you know? it. I'm not. I I'm holding a grudge, and I'm not going to talk about it much longer. But Mike, I'm not happy. I am not happy about seeing another exile spot removal for such a just delicious price. Reality shift from uh, several years ago is exile target creature for two mana, and then its controller will manifest the top card of the library, which is uh, put a face down card out of the battlefield to 2-2. Now, this is easily as good as that, if not better, and it's at common, so it's going to be pennies, and it also hits artifacts. Mm-hmm. And it also gives them a token, which, you know, I love doing. It's a little parting gift. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so, I love it so much that I wish it were white, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. I, I just, I've, I've been disappointed so many times and mm-hmm. hit so many times with the mm-hmm. blue spot removal that I'm no longer, I'm, I'm numb to it. I'm just like, hey, look, there's another Rapid one. hybridization. Yep. Reality shift. Resculpt. Mm cool you know what you know what nope i take it back because now you you went through all of that and i'm like you didn't even talk about the one that came in the last freaking set before this i did one i did mention raven. that one I the raven offhand. one i didn't say its name but i oh, just okay, i said enough. they just got <laughs> okay fair enough i i take it back uh so I'll, I'll tell you what take me somewhere else all right let's let's talk about something that that i really just was super happy to see okay let's switch, let's, let's do some whiplash here when I saw this card, I was like, Mike, I'm getting this card. Wandering Archaic. Wandering Archaic is a five mana modal double face card on the front face. It's a creature avatar. Holy moly, Mike. I can't even tell you. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two. If they don't, you may copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This thing is terrifying. Oh my gosh. I love this. How is this a five mana four four that says tax opponents when they cast spells or you get to copy a spell? No, that's them donating to you for the, that's, for the that's, low, low discount of negative two mana. No. Okay. No, wow. Let's talk about the backside <laughs> before we argue about this. It's a four four. Um, Explore the Vastlands is the back face. It's a sorcery. Mm-hmm. Each player looks at the top five cards of their library, reveals a land and or instant or sorcery card from among them. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll, we'll loop back to that. Yep. Then puts the cards they've revealed this way into their hand and the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. Each player gains three life. Okay. So that was a lot. Let's narrow in before we yeah. squawk Simplify and talk. It. Okay. Each player looks at the top five cards of their library, that makes sense, reveals a land card, that's Mm -hmm. one, and or an instant or sorcery card, that's one. So you have either a land card or an instant or sorcery card or both. So you can hit two cards off this. Yes. And then puts the card revealed this way into their hand. This is, I mean, Mike, this this is three mana. A three mana sorcery where everybody's drawing up to two cards and then gaining three life. And it's on the back face of what I assume I would be casting far more often, the Wandering Archaic. Mike, oh, and it's colorless. This is a colorless modal double face card. Mike, what deck am I trying to put this in right now? Yeah, I know. We're we're, we're talking about our... Okay, so let's, 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 let's talk about this. Mike, why aren't you as over the moon as I am about this, imprisoned in the moon? 
well, <laughs> over imprisoned in the moon. Why aren't you um, imprisoned over the moon? So the first part, let's let's start with the backside because I think okay. we've got less to talk about on the backside than we do okay. on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, explore the Vastlands. This card's ten dollars uh, already. Yeah, of course it is. The backside of it is everybody goes digging for five, grab mm-hmm. a land, and or a a sorcery instant, mm-hmm. put it in your hand. The everybody gains their life. I I don't know. I I don't know why that's there, but okay, fine, whatever. Tell me why I like that. Tell me why I should like that more than our secret rendezvous card. Well, Mike, that's really easy because this card is drawing so many more cards than six cards. First of all, well, potentially, it's potentially drawing more. And second of all, it's everybody, which means Mm -hmm. I am helping the people that are far ahead of me or giving people an option to catch up if that's the case. And I understand that I don't have to cast that side of it, but well, there's also whiffing. Yeah. That's, that's another thing that I like about, uh, about cards like this is that you can give people the appearance of the outstretched hand, the value, but it's their responsibility to reap those rewards. And Mm -hmm. just as often as they will reap them and think of you and, and, overtly or implicitly be grateful toward you uh there are people who will completely whiff and it's not your fault you're the one who was giving them cards Uh, so mike this is this is a card where you can get whiffs you can get good draws i mean let's let's be realistic here mike Mm -hmm. i'm not excited because this is a three mana each player draws up to two i'm excited because this is a three mana colorless each player draws up to two. Right. We've talked about this in the past, Mike. Do you know how difficult, how expensive it is to draw cards in colorless? It's just absurd. This is one of the best draw spells in colorless right now. How many instants and sorceries are in your Emrakul deck? Well, I got two. I've got uh, all this dust, of course. Seven mana, sorcery. Each player sacrifices all colored permanents they control. Best sorcery in the deck. Also, it's the only one in the deck. Uh, then we also have the instant, which is Warping Whale, which is a yeah. modal instant for one and a colorless. And one of the options is Counter Target Sorcery Spell. Sure. Um, now, those, you might be like, those are some weird spells. Those are two of the best instants and sorceries prior to oh, Strixhaven no. that have ever been printed in colorless. Yeah, that's, and, that's not even a question. And <laughs> gosh, I mean, how many instants are there? There's like three before now. And then sorceries, there's like two. So, so we're, I guess... we're talking about this immediately made the top two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so I, it, I mean, I'm excited. So I guess my question is, you're, this is going, this this card is going in Emrakul. This like, is a colorless card. This is yeah. not a necessarily, a, well, this face specifically. Right. This specific face, Explore the Vast Lands, is water for hungry colorless decks. This is not a just super ultra political value card for your... I mean, maybe for your white deck, maybe. But for your blue, your group hub deck with blue or green in it or black, no. No. This is for your political decks that are completely starved for draw, and I definitely have one or more. Again, yeah. how, if you're talking about a colorless deck specifically, mm-hmm. the amount of instants and sorceries that you're hitting with this, I just, I don't I don't see it that often. I, a land, absolutely. This seems like a card where, especially if you're playing colorless, and that seems to be the biggest selling point of it right now. If that's if that's what you're hoping for, the amount of times that you're going to hit versus your opponents feels lopsided to me. Mike, I'm going to be completely honest with you. 
Um, this card could just be Wandering Archaic and not have anything on the back, and I'd still yeah. play it. So yeah. that's why I'm excited about this. And that's why we're flipping over to the other side. Because right. <laughs> we went we went longer on the other side of it than I wanted to. Because let's talk about the real part of this card. Wandering um, Archaic. This is a busted card. It's oh. so cool. I love it. But that is terrifying. This card is terrifying to me. A 4-4 am... that says, whenever you cast a instant or sorcery, pay to or I get to cast it as well. Mm-hmm. That is terrifying to that's me. me giving the opportunity to my opponents to <sighs> donate their spells to me which frankly some of them would love to do most of them wouldn't but some mm. of them would and the ones that don't always have the option of shelling out the extra two mana mike i'm an evil person you know that okay there it is okay i just i i i wanted to make sure that we were on the same page with that <laughs> now i feel better great so now we can this continue is on the, this easily is, my favorite card in the set other than C21. It's a, it's a very excluding good card. C21. This is the best card in the set for me. It's a very good card. Okay, I've, I've my, got it. If it means anything, my favorite card in the set is also a very evil card that we're not going to talk about. Okay. But it's going to okay. go a couple of decks. Let's so talk about okay. a, the only commander that we're talking about today. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about. Oh, we uh, got two. We got two. We have two. What's our second one? We got. Oh, Eli. it's we, yeah. okay. I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about. One of the two commanders that we'll be talking about today. Okay. Let's start with uh, Shadrick's Silver Quill. First of all, awesome name. Mm -hmm. Awesome name. Very, very cool. Shadrick's Silver Quill is a legendary creature, Elder Dragon, three white black for a 2-5 with flying and double strike. Yep. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, oh yeah, you may choose two. Each mode must target a different player. Yes. Oh, yeah. I might build this deck, Mike. Target player creates a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. That's option one. Option two, target player draws a card and loses one life. Option three, target player puts a plus one, plus one counter on each creature they control. Oh. <laughs> this card is dope. This is this is just handing out value like candy. It's trick or treat. It's Halloween, and you're just giving out this awesome, fun value, Mike. This is the coolest dragon that I've seen in years. It's a very cool dragon. It's a very cool commander. It's a very cool. Card. So cool. I like I like the idea. I'm big. I'm a big fan on the. Yes, you're giving out value, but you're also taking value whenever you see fit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Silver Quill, which oh. is the the new name for Orzov in this set, yes. has a precon. That we are going to review in a later episode. And Ex- again, spoiler alert, this is the coolest precon ever. I'm buying yeah. it. <laughs> That's it's, how you know it's cool. It's pretty slick. So, Mike, I talked about Orzov. Uh, do you want to yeah. talk about the Boros commander? I do. I do. Let's Because, first of all, it's not a dog. But, I mean, it's dog adjacent. It, it so looks kind of excited. like a dog, you know. Uh, let's talk about Mila, crafty companion. All One right. generic, white, white, for a legendary fox. Uh, whenever an opponent attacks one or more planeswalkers you control, put a loyalty abil- uh, loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's pretty specific, but fine. Uh, whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Now, I've seen a lot of the taxes on, on you know, if you, ta- ta- if you target any of my stuff. Well, Mike, that affects targeting an, a, a permanent you control and you draw a card. That's a green effect. Yes, so getting it in white is a big deal. Yes. Well, getting it in Boros specifically. Okay, you're right. Because the, really because the back side here, yeah. 
uh, is Luca, Wayward Bond. People are really excited about this one. They are! Uh, four generic red red for a legendary planeswalker. Guess what? It's Luca. Uh, starting with five loyalty, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Plus one, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. If a creature card was discarded this way, draw two cards instead. Wow. Yeah. That's some card draw right there. Yeah. That's a plus one. Plus one, discard one, draw two in Boros. And yeah. you know how you know how normally whenever you have a planeswalker and the plus one is something that's usually like, whoa, that's really good. I expect the next ability after that to be terrible. It it's not. No, the minus um, ability is great. This is the yeah. best one. Minus two, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of your next upkeep. Not end step. Upkeep. Upkeep. Mike, target creature card. Any, any creature. Minus two. Any creature to the battlefield, and it stays for the entire turn cycle. Man, if only there was a way for Luca to put creature cards into... Your graveyard. graveyard. Oh, I don't know. This is such a cool card. (laughs) And I mean, minus seven for you get an emblem with whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage to its power to any target, which is really cool. But Mm -hmm. minus seven, if people are going to try and get rid of this uh, earlier, because the value that it has just off the plus one and minus two is gross. I think that we can both agree that when this comes out, most of the time, the first thing you're doing is a minus two if there's something in your yard. And if there isn't, you're going to plus one. Yeah. This is a phenomenal amount of value for mm-hmm. for Boros. Now, the front side to me is a little more interesting. And I almost wish that the front side only had the front side because then it'd be a mono yeah. white card. Yeah. But it is what it is. Well, uh, this is a so, Boros card. So here's my question then. You can make this as a mono white deck with Mila as the compa- as the commander. That's just the only way you, you can. can. You can. You <laughs> can. But I, yeah. So here's the thing. I really like this card. Mm-hmm. I really like Luca. Yeah, um, a lot of people are very interested in Luca. Isn't isn't Luca's plus one the Lord Windgrace ability, but with creature instead of land? It is, Mike. I feel like Lord Windgrace is real good, Alex. Well, it is, but Lord Windgrace, Mike, also has uh, Junt. Yes. Yeah, just keep that in mind. Oh, no, it's better. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But this is cool. I, I appreciate this. Is, this this uh... is cool. Now, again, Luca's for Red Red. That's a six mana. The front side's three mana. Yes. So just keep that in one in mind. Yep. Um, if I, you have to I, recast Luca, that's eight mana. You don't want to be doing that. No. No, if you're if you're if you're casting Luca, you're hopefully you're protecting him, or you're doing something to where okay, I've got some spice coming. Here we go. But you know, as far as like a recur from the graveyard kind of Boro stack, I like it. It's spicy. Mike, let's talk about a card that people aren't really sure what to think of. How about Strixhaven Stadium? This is a. I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> this is a three mana artifact. It's a mana rock with tap yes. at colorless and put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. And then it has whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from Strixhaven Stadium. Mm-hmm. And then it has whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Same line. Then if there are 10 or more point counters on it, remove them all and that pe- player loses the game. Now, 
the interesting thing about this mic is you look at this and people are like, oh, well, this is just like, it's kind of like Infect. It's just kind of scary. People are going to gang up on you. Here's what I'm thinking. This has a lot of potential as an arch enemy killer. And that mm-hmm. is specifically because you can get nine counters on it, swing into a friend with nine creatures over time or in one turn. They'll take the nine damage or whatever it is. It's not that big of a deal. And then on your next turn, then you tap this for mana. Now it has 10 counters. And now you can swing in one thing, maybe an unblockable thing, who knows. And then when it deals combat damage to an opponent, when it goes through, then they'll lose the game. And you remove all the counters from it. And then people can be like, oh, well, there you go. Now it's no one's worried about it anymore. I have a secondary option for you, and this is a this is yeah, more of a judge question than anything. Yeah, let's hear about it. Somebody is the arch enemy. Okay. I attack them with one creature that's unblockable. Mm-hmm. I also attack one of my friends, or one of my not arch enemies, with nine creatures at the same time, and they let them all through. So now I have ten counters on this thing, after all the damage is done. Mm-hmm. Do I get to pick? You do. So when you have, when you control... This card one is or so more, cool. One or more triggered <laughs> abilities, which uh, this card does have whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent. So if you have 10 creatures, you have 10 triggered abilities. You can stack those in any order that you like, and they'll resolve in any order that you like based on how you stack them. And because of that, you can choose to have the 10th creature, as it were, the one that's going to be the killing blow. That one can mm-hmm. be put on the stack first and thus resolve last. Mm-hmm. I love this card so much. very very cool and this is just this is just a normal mana rock Mike yeah. even if you never engage with the point counters or the player loses the game at all this mm-hmm. is just a strictly better mana lith the flavor on this makes me really happy too yeah like they're I, playing Quidditch the, well Quidditch whatever sports ball and again they're, I'm, they're I'm, playing I'm, mage tower Mike I, right I am a former jock I like I didn't the know idea you were a jock. What did oh, you play? Yeah. Lacrosse? I, I, no, I no no no. I couldn't afford lacrosse. Uh, <laughs> I played uh, I played football. I played a little bit really? of hockey. Played basketball, track. I did a lot of sports. Um, but the whole point of it of okay, this is literally a card that is when you get enough points, the other player loses the game. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. I've liked a lot of the uh, the features. I like the the whole Hogwartsy you know, dueling colleges and classes that this is, and this is a really cool card. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. So I like that. It, it says that player loses the game and not that yes. you win the game. Yes. And that's specifically, even though this is something that's quite scary, that cuts it down from like five alarm to like two alarm. Right. Right. This is, this, this is no longer a, you're playing infect. Right. Card. You can, you can cut a deal such that like, okay, I'm playing this. I know. Real scary. Okay. Everyone gasp. Everyone scream. After I kill that person with it, I'm never going to blow anyone up again. Or you can blow it up. Or I can sack it. Like, whatever it is, after I use it, after the gun goes off, I don't have to use it anymore. You're not going to instantly win the game. And there's a lot of cool options, Mike. This is just a super cool card. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh Let's move on to another one. All right. So how about uh, oh yeah I want it. I want you to run me through okay. ecological appreciation okay so X two generic and a green for sorcery search your library and graveyard 
for up to four creature cards with different names that have that each have mana value X or less and reveal them. An opponent chooses two of those cards. Shuffle the chosen cards into your library and put the rest onto the battlefield. Exile. Ecological. Appreciation. Ecological? Ecological? Eh, Either depends one. Depends on where you're from. Now, this has a ton of text on it, but this is really simple. Yep. It's always going to cost you at least two and a green, and then you're going to choose what's the mana value of the permanents that you want to find. And you can find them either from your library or from your graveyard. And you're always going to find up to four if you choose. If you want to find CMC one, you're going to pay X equals one and two and a green. So that's three and a green, four mana. You'll find up to four permanents that are CMC one from your library or your graveyard. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you will show all four to an opponent of your choice. And you can cut a deal. I know you can cut a deal. And two of them will go away. They'll be shuffled back into your library. And then the other two are tooth and nailed right onto the battlefield. Yeah. And then you exile the spell. This seems strong. It is. The <laughs> limiting factor is that you do need to pay the equivalent of one of those cards. Right. Right. The most expensive one, or if they're all the same price, the cost of, of one of any of them. And for that reason, I think this would play a lot better in decks that have the kind of spells that are low in mana cost, but have additional costs as you cast them. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to worry about casting them because you'll just put them right onto the battlefield. So like I said it before, this card reminds me most of Tooth and Nail, and Tooth and Nail is a really expensive card what is that like yeah. nine mana if you want both of them if you want yeah, the, if you entwine it the, the entwine and if you can cut a deal which i certainly hope you're trying to because unlike uh a lot of these other effects gifts ungiven things like that where the cards go into your graveyard and you can reanimate them in this case they're going back into your library so they're basically gone so i would try to cut a deal and I would try to have two specific cards in mind that you want to find. So if this is in your deck, you you want to make sure you already know the amount of mana you want to pay for X and the cards that you're going to go find with it. Because if you're just putting this in thinking, oh, I'll find value. No, no, you have to plan for this. See, I look at this card and you brought up tooth and nail. And that, I think that's a that's a good that's a good comparison. Yeah. Tooth and nail. Call it nine mana for the entwine. Right. Yeah. If I can use this this card, and X is six, making it the same cost of tooth and nail, mm-hmm. and I can go through my library or my graveyard, or my library and my graveyard, to find four creatures that are cost six or less. Yeah, if you're prepared to spend nine mana for this, then by all means. I just, and 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 at the same point where you were talking about, if you were playing a, you know, this this fits more into a lower CMC kind of creature. Mm-hmm. ideal you're okay. right like because the other the other way that i was looking at this is man this would go really well in marin if my vanifar deck ran anything but creature spells it would love oh my this gosh. Yeah, yeah this would be the best no. card i i like this card a lot i think it can be busted especially because it if this wasn't a green card to where i'm pretty sure that you can get an exorbitant amount of mana pretty easily and pretty routinely maybe i wouldn't be as high on it but this being a green effect that is just, hey, here's four different things. You're going to give me two. Pick. 
There are so many mm. green value creatures that want to be tutored onto the battlefield that provide mm-hmm. explosive value. We're talking Seedborn Muse. We're talking... Nyx, Nyx Bloom Ancient? Yeah, there's Nyx Bloom Ancient. There's, um, I, yeah, there's... You're asking which are the awesome green what, what cards. Are, what are the big, fat, green creatures that you want to get with this? And the answer is dealer's choice. Yeah. 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 The the options are pretty crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about this in my Silvala deck, and it's like, you know what? If I didn't Oh, Protean see, Hulk. See, I was thinking of Protean Hulk, Mike. Protean Hulk. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sitting here doing, okay, great. Uh, Protean Hulk, um, Avenger of Zendikar. Oh, yeah. Seedborn Muse. And, and, and my... Like I said, my Silvala deck. I'm just sitting there, and it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. The, well, how about this, Mike? If you're yeah. if you're in a green deck, you got mm-hmm. mana dorks, and you do X equals one. Yeah. So you're doing four mana, three and a green, and you're getting two mana dorks onto the battlefield. It's pretty good. It's, pretty it's good not bad. Opinion. It's not bad. I mean, at that or point, or you could I'd... get a uh, veteran explorer in a mana dork. How about that? There it is. Now you made me feel better. <laughs> There we, there I we love go. my veteran explorer. Hell yeah. All right. That's a really cool card. Let's talk about another one. Okay. Um, let's talk about one that's not, I don't know. It's not my, my, my cup of tea, but I totally understand. Well, let's see it. Uh, let's talk about Strict Proctor. Okay. Uh, so one generic and a white for a 1-3 spirit cleric with flying, which that's all... It, with the extra abilities, that's concerning to me. Uh, whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger, counter that ability unless its controller pays two. This is a two mana, flying, three toughness creature that says, nope, <laughs> are you going to pay two for that? To, yeah, Mike, to, the reason why I picked this one out is is specifically because this is a hate bear. You can yep. see it's a hate bear, and it's a hate bear with a new hate effect that has never been printed before mm-hmm. now we have had torpor orb we've had hushwing griff we've had hushbringer we've had this effect for creatures entering the battle yeah triggered abilities this is for permanence big difference yep man i think part of what they're trying to do when they're talking about oh we're gonna we're gonna give white stuff to where it's gonna be able to compete all the mm. stuff that it's getting to compete is just make every other color pissed off. Because, Pretty much. Every, I mean, at least the other colors is, already have all of White's abilities, and right. now we're just pissing them off even more. Yeah, I, I mean, at the very least, like I do like that this is absolutely symmetric. There is there isn't an, an opponent controls. It's right. a permanent, which okay, fine. It's a flying hate bear. This would fit very well in a uh, in any hate bear deck in my. Toolbox deck, if I wanted creatures in it, my stacks deck, I'd run this, but mm-hmm. can't afford to run creatures in Kaikar. I need that value. But uh, I think that we're going to start seeing this in Hate Bear list right alongside the, uh, oh, the Torpor. Oh, quickly. Yeah. Quickly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, why don't you tell me about another white card that's um, sad? Okay. <laughs> How about Detention Vortex? Yeah. So Detention Vortex is uh, white, one mana, for an enchantment aura, enchant non-land permanent. Mm-hmm. Enchanted permanent can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. And then it has an activated ability three destroy detention vortex. Only your opponents may activate this ability, and only as a sorcery. Now, this is an interesting effect. It really is. We haven't seen 
an activated ability that opponents can activate, excluding, uh, what's your name? Zansha. Mm-hmm. Zansha was the most recent one. Before that, it was like 20 years ago with the like wishmonger and, and right, the right. other mongers. Uh, that, that effect did not go over very well at the time. And this is quite interesting, Mike, because this specifically says destroy detention vortex. Yes. So if you have your Avacyn, if you've got your Avacyn out, all your permits are indestructible. Uh, people can pay the three all they want. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, but even if you don't, you are able to lock a creature down or a permanent because this will hit anything, any non-land yep. permanent. Um, activated abilities can't be activated, Mike. That includes Planeswalker loyalty abilities. And it includes mana abilities of artifacts and creatures. Now, I would say one mana is right where I would put the value for this. This is a one mana sure. effect. But it's worth keeping an eye on. And I, uh, I I just think it was worth talking about. I like the activated ability where anyone oh, yeah. can destroy it. But you could also stop them from destroying it. Well, and specifically that it's at, or at sorcery speed. At sorcery speed, exactly. Worst case scenario. This can be a one mana, hey, I'm going to turn that thing off so I can kill you. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to turn that thing off so you don't win. On- if it never gets to their turn, then they can't. Yeah. Ever- yeah. Exactly. So it, it, for at least, depending on where you are in the turn cycle, this is a one mana turn off the scariest thing on the board. Mm-hmm. Which I, 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 I paid one mana for that. <laughs> and we're, if, if it's something where they have to spend three mana, okay, then it's a tax effect. There's a right. lot of tax effects that are played. I'm, I dig this card as far as a Staxi kind and of It's piece. worth noting that if you're in the the kind of white deck that's running this, mm-hmm. it's going to your graveyard. And yep. white enchantment decks tend to be able to get enchantments out of the graveyard. Yep. And when an enchantment comes out of the graveyard, Mike, as you know, it can enchant things that have Hexproof and Shroud. Yep. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. All right. So let's talk about the one land that we're going to talk about, and then we'll yeah. do our last two cards in our judge's corner. So go ahead and, and talk about this one, Mike. Let's talk about the access tunnel, the secret tunnel. Uh, so this is a land. You can tap it, add a colorless. This reminds me of something. Yeah, yeah. No. Some kind uh, of passage. You, you, can, uh, you can pay three and tap it, and target creature with power three or less can't be blocked this turn. Yeah, how about that? So Eureka decks loving this yeah, yeah yeah for an uncommon too so yeah that's that's an instant ad but right we're we're talking about this specifically because this is like a baby rogues passage yeah and maybe you have a deck that likes to get combat damage triggers in mm-hmm. lots of people do and if that's happening on low power creatures and and this is relevant target creature with power three or less can't be blocked this turn now that's specifically Target creature with power three or less, that's one object, can't be mm-hmm. blocked this turn. So the only time that that creature has to have three power or less is when, is when this ability is going on the stack and resolving. Mm-hmm. After that, pump it. Go crazy. Yeah. Doesn't matter that's... anymore. It's unblockable now. Yeah. Do you know what deck this is absolutely going in for me? I don't know, Mike. Which one? Jessica and Arden. Hey. <laughs> How about I get that? To activate this before combat? Yeah. All right. This is then a two. Pump it right up. Magnetize. Fantastic. Here we go. Now it's huge. All Look right. at it. It's it's got all of its ranger so yeah, equipment. It's, Let's go. It's def it's another option after Rogue's Passage. Yeah. And it's a little bit cheaper than Rogue's Passage. Uh three mana instead of four. Yeah. 
Um, I like it a lot. So I'll tell you what, that's that's a pretty good uh, review over the cards that we're excited about uh, for our philosophy right. in playing. And Rage. again, this is only for Strixhaven, not the C21 Correct. decks. We will get to those. You're, you're so excited. I'm so excited. For I'm you. so excited. Um, we're going to come back with the Judge's Corner because there is a new mechanic that is set into mm-hmm. uh, this set. And it's got some relevance and it's actually got a couple of cards, especially one where you're talking about all of the sorceries in Colorless that you care about. Well, we're going to add one more to it. So we'll be right back. And we'll talk about those cards in a second. Okay, we're back. And Alex, there's a new mechanic uh, in Strixhaven that is... I, I, I get that it kind of works and that it doesn't. And then there's another, I don't, I don't know. Um, so can you talk to me about lessons? Can you, can you educate me on lessons of as we go to not. our judges you're, corner? You're here? going to learn today. Yeah. So a lesson is a new card type that mm-hmm. can appear on, I believe just instance and sorceries. And they're meant to be in your sideboard in a competitive format. Uh, and that's because of the learn mechanic. The learn mechanic says that uh, you will also find a lesson card from outside the game, which is your sideboard, and put it into your hand. Yeah, um, about that. So the the value of these cards in standard and modern and other competitive formats that that have a sideboard is that these cards will always be accessible to you. You can always go find them if you have a learn effect that's resolving. Mm-hmm. However, um, as soon as I said it, you already knew EDH doesn't have a sideboard. Yeah. And EDH doesn't have an outside the game. So what does that mean for us? It means that all of the lesson cards are just normal cards. They're going to be in your 99, and you can't find them with the learn effects. If a learn effect resolves under your control, you can discard a card and draw a card. That's rummaging. That's the only option you have. There is no sideboard. You can't go get something from outside the game. So what are these lesson cards doing that is relevant enough to discuss when we can't go find them whenever we want? I have a couple of them here. But before I do, Mike, do you have any questions about that very brief explanation about hmm. learning? Makes sense. You're not allowed to have a sideboard in EDH. So the things that say womp grab womp. this from the sideboard or outside the game, or yep. wish, or whatever. No, nope, They just sorry. don't work. Got it. Yep. All right. So I have a couple of lesson cards here that I would like to talk about, and the sure. interesting thing about them is a lot of these lesson cards are colorless sorceries, mm-hmm. which, as I talked about earlier, uh, up until now, scarcely existed. There were like five in the whole game. Right. And now there's way more than that. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. I like that. But let's talk about this one here first, Reduced to Memory. Reduced to Memory is a one white-white sorcery lesson. Exile target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token. Now, this is the kind of effect that today we're seeing in blue, but traditionally this is a white effect. White likes to spot remove things and give the opponent something. That's what we like to do. And Exile Target Non-Land Permanent for three mana isn't great, but this is never going to cost more than a dollar for the next year, at least. It's an uncommon. Yeah. It's probably not going to see that much playing competitive. If you're looking for white spot removal at a budget, this is probably going to be a reliable pick for quite some time. And Exile, we've talked about it, is worth 
way, way more than destroy. Mm-hmm. And the white two spirit creature token, that's just icing on the cake. You're just giving him a gift. What do you think, Mike? It's not bad. Uh, as far as being able to exile, again, non-land permanent. Non-land permanent, yeah. Solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I get why it would be a sorcery and three mana with the actual learn lesson mechanic. Yeah, um, because it's meant to be put yeah. into your hand. So the value that it has is not... If it, if the lesson mechanic didn't exist, this would probably be one in a white and it'd be way yeah. better. But yeah. it exists and this is what we got. It's not bad. I, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping up for up and down and yeah. for it like I was with some of the other stuff. But it's, right. it's fine. You know what I mean? Well, here's one more, and this is a little bit more unique because, yeah, this is a, uh, this is quite an upgrade. <laughs> Let's talk about introduction to annihilation. What a card mm-hmm. name! Five mana for a sorcery lesson. That's five generic. This is a colorless spell. Exile target non-land permanent. Its controller draws a card. Mike, I don't know about you, but the current going rate up until now for Exile Spot Removal and Colorless was seven mana. Yeah. And now it's five. Yeah. So I'm not complaining. No. That is when we were talking about how many how many spe- how many colorless uh instant and sorceries do we currently have in yeah. uh in Emrakul? Well, it's gonna be more. <laughs> yeah, this is this is arguably the best colorless spot removal spell in edh that is a sorcery Hmm. they they just printed it and it's a common how about that um now is this good enough to run who knows but this if you're looking for spot removal in a colorless deck this is your best pick yeah it's i mean i dig it i like i i understand the you know uh, five mana for it's controller draws a card how about that but i mean still like yeah it, it, it's 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 the it's the uh, the boon of colorless. You can play it in anywhere, but if you're playing just it, you're, you're usually going to be paying more than you would like. Yeah, it. that's gift and a curse. Yeah, you're, but I, it can I, do anything I, you want, but you're going to pay. I like so setting aside the EDH for literally like fifteen seconds. Setting aside, fine. bear with me. Fine. I like the learn lesson mechanic. I really like it in regular, not the format that we play and love, Magic. This, to me, feels like the, what they could have done with Companion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I kind of dig this. You know what I mean? Yeah, Um, this is really interesting. I think it remains to be seen because, um, I mean, I'll speak for myself here. I don't play any competitive formats, and I'm not sure if you do, Mike, either. But I think it remains to be seen because the sideboard is a very valuable resource for competitive mm-hmm. formats. They have 15 cards, and typically what's in there, and I'm not trying to explain this to people who play competitive formats, I'm trying to explain this to people like me who don't know or mm-hmm. really have any interest in them. The sideboard is for cards like removal, like hate pieces, things that you can cycle into your deck to break parity. Maybe you're in a mirror match and you need to, and you need to break it up. These are cards that are not good enough to run into a normal deck, but going against specific other kinds of decks, they're a real silver bullet, or they can at least protect you a little bit. And this is an alternate option to that because, Mike, these aren't silver bullets. These are these are just value. And the right. value of them is that you don't have to wait until round two or round three to go get them. You can get them in round one right out of your sideboard. And again, not an EDH. 
I'm not going to lie, I heard everything that you said, but at the same time, I got really excited that Secret Rendezvous and Access Tunnel are both cards that help, that can help an opponent. So then I literally was like, oh my gosh, for six mana in one turn, I can cast Secret Tunnel. And I got real happy. Um, so I think that's as good of a sign as any that I'm about to wrap up. Do you have any other closing thoughts on the set? I'm, I know we're going to get real excited. We're going to get real into we're gonna have so one much. deck we in had particular. To, we had to split it up. Yeah. Mike, and that's because... The Silver Quill deck, I'm just going to be gushing about for the whole episode. You're never going to hear the end of it. And we really just don't have time for that in this episode, as we've already talked your ear off. Um, But this set is interesting. You'll notice that we didn't really talk about a lot of the different colors. The most common color that we talked about was white. Yeah. Um, And that's because Silver Quill in particular is specifically a political color pair in this set which I love. Yeah. But for me, that's about where my love ends because you know that Silver Quill's not the only color pair in this set. Goodness gracious, Simic in this set, Mike, we didn't talk about any of the cards, but holy moly, they just the, they just do not ever let off the gas, do they? The power creep is is turning into more of a uh, power burn our tires power and, and try and run up the engines. Zero to yeah. 100, yeah. But that said, I... I, I get what you're saying, though. As far as the cards that we're going to talk about on mm-hmm. this podcast, as far as the things that we're looking the at... The whole set doesn't have to be good, fun. as long as we have this no. many cards that we like. I mean, this... Outside of Commander Legends, mm-hmm. and maybe even including Commander's Legends, if especially if you're including the uh, Precon, this has more political cards than I was prepared for at all for, yeah. a, for a Wizard School deck. Well, you know what I mean? Talking about that, like, it's not just that the precons have some more political group cards that we like. There is a keyword that only exists in the precons that is on a whole cycle of cards that is specifically a political keyword. And you know I love seeing that. It's it's a very good thing. I'll tell you what. Cards we talked about today. What's your yeah. favorite one? All right. My favorite one. That's easy, Mike. You know what I'm going to say. It's Wandering Archaic. See, and that's because you've lie. got... I- I couldn't decide if you were going to say Shandrix or you were going to say Archaic. You know, Shandrix is interesting, but I currently don't have a black-white deck that I could put that into. That's why I thought you were going to like it. I think you're going to make that deck at some point. Maybe at some point. I'm very slow to make decks, Mike. But right now, Wandering Archaic and Explore the Vast Lines on the back, I'm I'm making room for that in in Emrakul right now. This is the most exciting colorless spell I've seen in ages. Just Mm -hmm. ages. Um, Mike, what's your favorite spell out of this uh, set we talked about? It's the stadium. It's it's not even That's, close. It's to a really cool stadium. It's, I like, yeah. it's such a cool idea. Like, here's the Surprise thing. Surprise, it's not legendary artifact. I am. T- That's the scariest thing about it to me. You could make copies of that thing, like, with uh, with an artifact deck and just make some yeah. copies of it. And, ooh, and you just get tokens on each of them or I, counters just, on each of them. It's so silly. Like, again, Mila and Luca, I like a lot. Like, it, yeah. that's a very interesting card to me. But the Strixhaven Stadium is is just straight up. What a cool fun. idea. I'm really interested in it. Um, it's I'm really meant inter- to be more competitive in 1v1, but in, in four-player yeah. pods, it's still cool. You yeah. just got to play it cool. I wouldn't even want to play this in, in a 1v1. Like, I wouldn't have nearly as much fun with it. But you, you get to a point where it's like, hey, I, I literally get to say, hey, if you let me hit you, I will get enough points to kill this player. Hey, it's you so let me fun. hit you, I'm going to knock them out of the park. Grand yeah. slam. And then you can blow this thing up. I don't care. 
Yeah, exactly. It's 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 extremely fun. I I think the set is interesting. I get what you're saying though, as far as like it's it's cool political stuff. Some of mm-hmm. it you wish it was tweaked a little bit more. But yeah. again, a step in a step in a direction for us. And I know for a fact we're going to be very excited to talk about the precon. Um, I'll tell you what. Before yeah. we talk about the precon though, if people want to find you, Alex, where can they get you on socials? Absolutely, Mike. You can find me on Twitter at Labramedic. Or email me directly at alex at edhrec.com. And when this episode goes out, it should be coming out so the same day we record it, but it might go out mm-hmm. a little bit later. On this coming Monday, April the 12th, yeah, um, I'm having a big announcement with relation to my project I'm working on for EDHREC. So keep an eye out. We're going to be talking about it on Twitter. We're going to talk about it on Twitter. We're going to give it its We might have an episode about it. How about as that? A, yeah, as a full episode, we're going to try and uh, get a game going with some friends on that as well. We're going to have a grand old um, time. Exactly. It's a very cool project. Well, like, tell them I'm, about I'm uh, where they can go if they want to buy some of the cards we talked about, like Archaeo, or not Archaeo, not sir, uh, Wandering Archaic. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to tick, pick up any of the cards that we've talked about, uh, whether it's a box, whether it's singles, whether it's talking about the pre-cons that we're very excited to talk about in the very near future, you can go to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social, and that will get you to our affiliate code with TCG Player. Uh, from there, you're not paying anything extra, but you're going to be able to help us out in the process as you trick out your decks, buy the stuff to make new ones, everything along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also follow us at or you can follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. You can also find us on Thursdays playing EDH with guests on twitch.tv slash nerdworksmedia. That's N-E-R-D-W-U-R-K-S media. We hope to see you then. Talk to you soon. And we're going to be back in the very near future with a whole lot of exciting talk about Alex's project and a really, really exciting deck. Oh, yeah. See you soon.